Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another episode of Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. That's Trev in the house here for, I believe, episode 157 of our show. We stream live every Wednesday on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, we're on every audio platform thanks to the Believe Sports Network. So make sure you're checking us out wherever you can get us because we appreciate your support. Gentlemen, for those who are watching live right now on YouTube, we are essentially 24 hours out from football. Yes. Thursday night football will be going on about 24, a little over 24 hours from now. Probably by the time the show's ready, uh, or the show is, this show has ended 24 hours. Chiefs and the Lions will be playing. We're not going to preview them, though. We're not going to preview that. We do have some season predictions coming up here in the warm-up. In the end, we'll be talking about the game predictions. Get those dollar dollars ready as uh, we'll be doing game predictions for the Arizona Cardinals visiting the Washington Commanders. And during the game, we're, we've got your injuries and updates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got your Arizona preview and uh, lots to go over today. So let's uh, hit this. We do appreciate uh, those already in the chat. Gus Bus is back and he's got some great information uh already uh his company has taken him and all those to the dolphins game on december 3rd that is awesome nice. that is awesome because it this whole this whole season is gonna be a movie right absolutely oh, yeah. that is like the king saying i'm actually kind of tired of that already in the same vein <laughs> position flex uh what buffalo nickel last year but it's true we're all very excited about the season and there's a lot to be excited about the season uh because really it's just uh you know there's things like this right here i'm gonna bring this one up uh magic johnson was in the house today for practice and he got to speak with the team john kime reporting here that he spoke with the players today and Sam Howe said, awesome to hear what he had to say. Howe said he asked Magic what the champ teams had that they didn't have in other years. And Johnson told them they believed in each other and policed one another. Mm. Just an outstanding way to start the season. You got Magic Johnson. This guy is championship caliber to the core. Yes, what does it mean, Trev, to have a guy like Magic involved with this fairly young group of players here? Um, there's a show on HBO, Max, I need to start watching, but it's called Winning Time. Mm. And that's what it means that Magic Johnson is a part of the Commanders organization. Um, you've seen him do it with the Lakers for a little bit. You've seen him do it with the Los Angeles Dodgers. You've just seen him do it when he played for the Lakers back in the day. It's, he's all about winning. And he said in his press conference, he didn't agree to do this. For any other reason other than to win so mm -hmm. it just makes you feel like we're on the right track we're being led by a group of people who know what they're doing in the business things of sports world so I, i'm excited I'm, I'm elated i mean he showed the practice and just gave a pep talk who can say that magic johnson showed up to their practice not as a guest speaker but as a part of the organization mm -hmm. as a guest speaker to talk you know so mm -hmm. i'm ready how, how many wins does this equate to stoner you know how you have in baseball uh you know, uh, you know, win a war, like a war, right? Yeah. How how many wins above replacement does Magic Johnson give the Commanders? Probably fifteen, I would say. <laughs> he's worth fifteen wins all by himself. 
so they only need to get like two right during the regular <laughs> season and then yeah, that works. and then that's 17. <laughs> hey let me just say i was on the magic train before anybody else was on the magic train only He's because you're also like a decade older than all of us so <laughs> that, it kind of helps <laughs> He's a he's a Michigan State guy, Lansing Sexton High School back in the seventies. I remember him uh, actually in high school at that time because, you know, he was the best player in the state, maybe the best player in the country. Won a won a championship, a national championship at Michigan State. Went to the NBA, won a championship in his rookie year, and I think he won five championships altogether in the NBA. And like I said, he's became owner of the Dodgers, won a championship there, won a World Series mm-hmm. there. Everything he touches turns to gold. And now he's part of this organization. And he's going to turn this into gold as well. I I have no reason to doubt Magic Johnson. There are some people who just don't doubt because everything that they do turns out great. So, yeah, having Magic Johnson on your side can only be helpful. Well, it is also helpful when we get some of these uh, super stickers coming in here. James Bonito with the $5 donation. We appreciate you, James, for uh, jumping in here, commenting, and giving us the super sticker there. I, it's You guys have hit it all on there. I do think that it's a it, it can only be a plus. It might not realistically be 15 wins, although if you look at previous ownership, it's at least probably 100 wins above replacement yeah, um, yeah. in that regard. But uh, but I do think that this having championship quality players and people within the organization sure. help, right? Eric Bieniemy, he of two Super Bowl rings himself, mm-hmm. coming in and bringing that mentality. And Ron Rivera talked about that, about how he's had to try things differently because you know he's going into I think his fifteenth season. And he just he knows he he's on the, the hot seat, right? He says this, you know, yeah. Ron Rivera, very open and candid. The thing that people didn't want him to be, right? Rightfully being open and candid and saying, "Hey, EB is brought here because we're trying to do something different, and he has the pedigree we want." Magic Johnson has the pedigree yeah. that we want to be able to go seventeen and zero until we find out otherwise. Well. Kind of begs the question, though. Who? What would you rather have? What's more important? Is it more important to have the talent on the field or the talent in the in the coaching staff? Like, would you rather have Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell, or would you rather have uh, what's the dork's name in Arizona, the head coach there, Gannon? Yeah, uh, Jonathan Gannon and Tom Brady. Yeah, you you know what I mean. Like, coaching's yeah. great. Ownership's great and all, but it all comes down to who's the talent is on the field. I uh, I have an interesting note on the Gannon front, but I'm going to save that for okay. for Arizona <laughs> talks because that that I thought about that earlier today. But you're as far as the elite coaching or elite players, mm-hmm. I think it honestly to win consistently, you need both. Yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that on any given year. Yeah, elite players could potentially just outshine. But the problem is, is, you know, at the NFL level, right? This isn't talking about an SEC elite team going against a, you know, Mountain West elite team. Sure. Right. You know, that what that they're both 
are elite players, but your elite players are just so much more above and beyond the talent level. Yeah. At the NFL, mo- like the difference, in, and I talked about this a little bit with when it comes to Charles Leno, because a lot of people like to rag on him as a, as a bad left tackle. He's not. He is. He, I'm not going to call him an elite left tackle, sure. but he's a quality starter in this league. And the difference between him and like Cornelius Lucas, who's behind him, isn't really that big of a gap. So you have a bona fide starter mm-hmm. and Charles Leno. And his backup, who's been a backup his entire career, and the talent gap really isn't that large, right? The, the, the talent gap between them isn't that large. The talent gap between those two and a Trent Williams. Now, that is, that's a significant mm. gap. But that's also yes. only one player on the field of 11 at a mm. time. Right. So I don't think that having that elite talent is always going to just do it unless you have just elite talent across the board, which the salary cap prevents. So yeah. I think you need yeah. quality coaching. Sure. You know, I think that's but elite coaching has failed. A lot of people would like to point to, and I'm sorry for monopolizing this. We're gonna, I'm mm-hmm. gonna give this to Trev here after this point. A lot of right. people like to point to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Tom sure, Brady yeah. won as an elite talent, won a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. Bill Ch- Belichick hasn't been able to win a Super Bowl. My counter to that is in-house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Joe Gibbs at an elite coach, winning with three different QBs, mm-hmm. and none of them were at least sustained elite. Joe Theismann might have a, somewhat of an argument there, but realistically, none of them sustain, had sustained elite levels of play. Joe right. Gibbs was the reason why that they won those mm. Super Bowls. So that's mm-hmm. my counter to that one. How about you, Trev? Where do you stand on this elite coaching versus elite players? It's kind of a little bit of both. I mean, like you said, you, if you don't have elite coaching, you can have all the best talent in the world. But if you don't have anybody there to guide them and show them how to use their strengths to the at the right time and the potentials at the right time and place, then it's not going to do anything. I mean, we've kind of seen it with the NBA a little bit. You can have the big threes, you have the big fours, mm-hmm. but if you don't have the coach that can handle that, that that's not going to happen. Nothing's going to come come of it. So, I think it's a little bit of both. You do have to have elite coaching and elite talent. Um, because that's just the nature of the game. So, And I think how many times have you seen like a team get really close and not be able to get over the edge, and then they change coaches and they, they get over the edge? Yes. Like in the NBA, you talk with Golden State. A lot on the NBA, right? Yeah, yes. when they had Mark Jackson as their coach for a long time and they were just kind of knocking on the door, knocking on the door, they change over to Steve Kerr and all of a sudden they get oh, you know, through the door and win a championship. Yeah. Or uh, in the NFL, I think it was – who was it, Dungy, that was in Tampa yes. all those years? Couldn't yes. get couldn't get over the hump, and then finally um, uh, Gruden comes in and wins a title. So, yeah. yeah, I think there is something to that, that it does take a certain coach. Uh, with the um, Bulls, back in their heyday, it was Doug Collins. Just couldn't get over the hump. They bring in Phil Jackson to get over the hump. So, exactly. yeah, so I think there is something to that to get them past a certain point. But I will always take – Brady before Belichick. I will always take the talent on yeah. the field over the talent coaching. Me personally. I, I think it's more entertaining for certain. So let's talk about that in regards to the commanders then, Stoner. Mm-hmm. Where do where does Washington stand with hmm. the elite level of either coaching yeah. or players? Wow. That's the big unknown right now, especially with the enemy because – there are so many um, narratives out there about Bienemy. Was he completely carried by Andy Reid? 
or was he the guy who was behind the scenes making everything work, being the kind of the foil to Andy Reid, being the guy who uh, would get in the in the Mahomes's ear and be able to get him over the hump when he was having issues with uh, Coach Reed. So it's just it's hard to say right now because we haven't seen this coaching, which is the enemy, and then of course this quarterback, and that's who leads the entire offense with Sam Howell. We don't know yet. We're going to find out probably pretty quick this year, depending on how things go at the beginning of the season. Okay, Trev, what about you? Do they have anything that's elite here in uh, Washington? Ha! Um, maybe leadership. We have mm. elite. That's here. a good one, Trev. That's a good. That, um, that's a good thing to have too. Oh yeah. I mean, it is. It might not show up on the stat sheet, but it, it'll win you championships for sure. So um, I think that's what we have when it comes to the word elite in this organization right now. Like you said, like Stoner says, too early to decide if Eric Bieniemy is the guy or mm. if Sam Howell is the guy and Bieniemy's not or vice versa, you know? So, um, yeah, that's what I just think. It's just the leadership because, I mean, Terry McLaurin, you could say he's elite. Jonathan Allen, you could say he's elite just because of Pro Bowl statuses they both have and their, their career stat lines they have for us. But mm-hmm. realistically, I think our best quality for it when it comes to elite is leadership. Mm. Also with Ramavera, too, being a leader of men. Mm-hmm. Coming here, changing the culture of the of the, of the organization, the locker room before we got EB here. So, yeah, leadership. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. But Stoner, you're trying to get away from it a little bit here, mm. saying it's too early. And Trev, you're agreeing with him. Mm. But that's what we're here for today, gentlemen. Let's right. get our bold season predictions right here. Let's start with the record for Washington. And we all know Washington's going 17 and 0 until we find out otherwise. Yeah, but I want a realistic expectation from you guys on what you think the season end is going to be. We'll start with you, Trev. I've been quoted saying twelve and five. Even last year, I said that too. Mm. I'm going to dial back and go eleven and six. I just don't think that it's anything that's proven enough to say we can win twelve games. Twelve games is a lot. Eleven games um, is a lot, Trev. But go ahead. It is. But I, I think <laughs> I just figure that you know. We could get to the 10 win mark and then maybe win one more to solidify our position in the postseason. We're not going to be outrageously good. We're not going to be horrible. We're going to be a mid-level team that showed that the progress that we made. And it started with the front office with the change of ownership too. Mm-hmm. 11 and six, Sam Howe's going to go through some growing pains. We saw it in the Cowboys game last year in the um, end of the season. Saw it in the preseason. He took a couple of those sacks. We didn't have to. So, uh, but he has shown he can he can adjust overnight pretty much. So we'll see what happens. But eleven and six, growing pains with Sam Howell, growing pains with EB, and growing pains with Ron Rivera too, kind of taking a back seat to what he was normally doing before EB got here. So man, growing pains and growing pains, and still eleven wins. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty good. <laughs> I think that, yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I agree with all kind of all your caveats that you had in there, Trev, and that there are going to be growing pains. As good as Sam Howell has looked from and all the progress that he's made, look, I've done a complete 180 on him. I thought it was mm-hmm. foolish that they were putting all of all their chips in on Sam Howell. But what I've seen out on the field and on the practice field and everything is I've seen that steady growth. And so I believe he can be a pretty darn good quarterback at least a mid 
uh, level type quarterback. But I, I still can't see this team going past double digits. I just think that's probably too high. This is a tough schedule they have this year, even though it's a last place schedule. They're playing some teams this year. I mean, when you have when you have the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles, and that's six of your games, that's a tough schedule already. And then you've got the the AFC East, right? You've got Miami and and the Jets and the Bills. And the worst team in the vi- division is the Patriots, and they're never a pushover. So mm-hmm. the schedule is what's going to get them this year. They've got the Broncos, who I think are going to be better. So I just think that the schedule is going to be the great equalizer to this team. Sam is going to struggle, but he is going to be much better than we all thought he was going to – well, okay, that I thought he was going to be. And and so I think their ceiling is probably 10 wins. Okay. But I don't think they're getting 10 wins. I think that's the best they can do. I think they're probably going to win nine games. Okay. And and that's that's, not bad. And that's kind of the positive way of looking at it. Sam could be a fifth round second year quarterback and they could win six games this year as well. But I don't think that. I think they'll win nine games. That's my official prediction, which if you asked me that two months ago, I would have said they were going to win seven games. Yeah. Billy so gonna turn turn Billy's uh, coming after your money here, Trev, saying eleven to six is insane. He will bet not beat. Uh, any amount Trev wants, he knows that's BS. Uh, save your dollar dollars, Billy, for later when we go through game predictions. Not, I don't. Well, we might have a couple dollar dollar bets here. Uh, we have a couple people in here. Doug saying ten seven, um, eight nine uh, for from Yam here. I know I saw TJ had ten and seven. A lot of people went to that. We had the poll up. And a lot of people went through that eight to 10, right? Wins that uh, we're going to see here. 68%, in fact, went uh, went that route. Uh, Joey saying, as long as a lifelong Washington fan, I've only seen us win double-digit games twice in my life. I was in 05 and 0, um, 0 tw- or in 2012, rather. 012, yeah. Yeah, 012. Uh, Joey's thinking 9 to 8, 9 and 8 or 10 and 7. Michael says not enough for to save Ron Rivera's job. Hmm. Uh, Stefan says 10 plus for sure. Hmm. Robert Man. thinking nine and eight this year. Uh, but a lot of people, like I said, kind of in that that range to, to go for it. And for me personally, I would love, 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 love to see 11 wins. I do think that there's the defense i think is going to regress a little bit Hmm, interesting yes a defense that was top 10 in most metrics Mm -hmm. drafted first and second round defense Mm -hmm. and you say they're going to go the other direction Mm -hmm. yeah so last year kind of ended up around the top five people would say more more you know more people would say that they finished top five right i think that they'll probably finish and this is so that's an easy easy bet right like out of 32 teams, if there were top five before, you know, sliding back a few spots, that's regression. I do think that they'll finish probably round 10. Uh, I think the offense will be a boost, but I think collectively we're going to look around nine wins, uh, you know, seven to nine wins Yeah, is where I think Washington's going to end up. Uh, Trev's on an island with those uh, wins. With the double-digit wins. I just think, Stoner, you brought it up. Trev, he the the schedule 
How many playoff teams from last year is Washington facing, and how did those teams do in the offseason? We looked all offseason at Washington, and we see the improvement. We know Sam Howell's an improvement. Even though he hasn't done anything outside of Week 18 last year, he's an improvement at QB. Eric Bieniemy looks to be the real deal. We love the energy that he brings, mm-hmm. and we think that he is going to do some good things with the scheme. Yeah, right. But you can improve and still not improve on your win-loss record. I do think Washington's going to surprise quite a few people, and I think I'm going to go higher than you, Stoner, on the ceiling. Okay. I think this team could win 12 games. Mm. But I think when when you look at it, when you sit there and some of these games are going to come down to a coin flip, one dropped pass here, mm-hmm. you know, Terry with his toe injury, if that ends up lingering, right? Sure. Jonathan Allen dealing with plantar fasciitis, Chase sure. Young with the stinger. Mm. You do any of these things. You have to play Jacoby Brissett for more than a game or two. Oh, God. Which mm. these are all things that can happen. Sure. Realistically, can, you're you're looking at seven to nine, but I think the top end for this is a twelve win team. I know, like past every year is independent of a previous year, mm-hmm. and so you can't sit there and say, "Well, they haven't won more than ten games since 1991." But I can say that, so I'm going to say that <laughs> they haven't won more than ten games since 1991. That's, That's 32 seasons ago. They haven't been oh to God. they haven't won 11 games at least in 32 so. seasons. So so I just it's just hard for me to wrap my brain around that all of a sudden this team is going to go from all these 5 and 11s and 8 8 and 1s and 7 and 10s and 7 and 9s and then all of a sudden with a, a second year quarterback who has done nothing in the NFL regular season is all of a sudden we're going to go to 11, 12 games. It's just, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around it. So there's a we'll little ready. bit of that, that past that, that's hovering in my in the back of my head that says, I just don't think we can do it because, like Trev said, you've never seen it in your lifetime. So why all of a sudden is it going to happen this year? Why is this the year, especially with so many question marks? That's kind of the way I look at it. It's almost not fair. They have been building to this point. So there there could sure. be some things that get to be exciting. And and you mentioned, Trev, that there's there's leadership here in Washington that, that's mm-hmm. making that's kind of the difference maker. And speaking of that leadership, today the captains were announced. I was hoping it was going to be yesterday before our daily commanders update. Didn't happen. Right. Happened this morning. Nikki J here, Sam Howell, Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Allen, Kendall Fuller. Jeremy Reeves and Tressway were selected as captains for the commanders. Uh, interesting enough, Tressway, this is only his fourth year. So he doesn't – have you ever looked at the uh, the the jerseys? They mm-hmm. get the C on their chest, right, for captain. And mm-hmm. then the stars denote how many years they've done it. And right. then once you get to five, it's a gold square with the C, and a gold mm-hmm. C. Uh, and yeah, only okay. Jonathan Allen uh, has that. So for Washington, because this is his fifth year being a captain. Yeah. Terry McLaurin, only four years in the league, so he's been a, a he's now been a captain. Actually, this will be his fifth year. 
Um, yeah, shouldn't he get one too then? He's only been a captain for four years. He he wasn't a captain that rookie year. Not his rookie okay. year. All right, got it. Um, so, but I was I thought Tressway was interesting because when we're talking about elite players, Tressway did come up even in the comment section. Yeah, that we have a punter who has been consistently a top five punter in the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. whether or not the Pro Bowl recognizes that is another matter. But uh, you know, the, so with this leadership and yeah. with the supposed improvement, who does become the team MVP stoner? Ooh, Ooh the team MVP? The team Ooh. MVP. Not who do I want, who do I think is going to be the team MVP? I mean, it, to me, it's it's going to be the same that it always is. It's going to be Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin has put up the stats year in and year out with just uh, an unbelievable amount of different quarterbacks. I believe Sam Howell, when he played last year, was his 10th different starting quarterback in in the four seasons yeah. that he That's played. Atrocious. That's incredible, and he still puts up the stats. So I'm just going to say he's going to be the team MVP. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I watched a video the other day of uh, Terrence McLaurin. He was catching passes from everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one he didn't score a touchdown with that was a QB for a period of time that was QB one was Fitzpatrick. Mm. He didn't. Yeah, he only had a quarter. Only had a quarter, quarter, and, a half a quarter and, and a half, and only uh, I think it was only targeted one time. So pretty interesting yeah. uh, on that one. That is crazy, right? So how how important on the leadership aspect? You you went away from who I think Trev's going to pick, and so Trev, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to bring this to you. Sam Howell, first year captain, does yeah. he get t- team MVP honors for you? No, he does not. Oh, here's I'm going out on a limb here and say what you want, but it is what it is. I think Chase Young will be the team MVP this year. Wow. I I think because he's caught so much. Yeah, he's caught so much flack for his lack of production here. He we don't pick up the fifth year option for him. I just he's coming off of a knee injury. He's in some probably the best shape of his hits he's been in since he's been in the league. I'm going Chase Young. It's a bounce back year, it's a prove it year, whether it's to play here for the future or somewhere else. Hot take alert, Chase Young will be team MVP. You already see how he is on the sidelines when he's not able to play. He's the biggest ball of energy on the sideline that anybody could ever ask for. Him and Jonathan Allen are the defensive leaders of that of that squad. Jonathan yeah. Allen's the more disciplinarian, more serious. Chase Young's more loud, vocal. So they're kind of working hand-in-hand together. But I'm going to go with Chase Young. Prove it year, mm. back in shape, brand new knee. If, if Chase Young <laughs> stuttered and I know. Man, it, that's that's a hot. <laughs> if, hey, I that's a hot I, take. I, I appreciate the hot take, but I mean, uh, hey, if if Chase Young, here's here's a follow up hot take for you. If Chase Young is this year's team MVP, mm-hmm. that to me does not spell a great deal. Terry McLaurin, if he's the team MVP, it's because he's just so, he's Mister Consistent. No, I think Chase, that's a bad sign too. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's a bad For, sign. That's Terry what I'm saying. Is like yeah. that's just that's milk toast. If Terry's team MVP, mm-hmm. Chase Young, if he's MVP, mm. okay, maybe the defense has done great. Maybe he's gotten the sack record. He maybe he's 24 sacks, and uh, but I just don't think that that 
is enough. Normally, I, I, I do think Chase Young's success mm-hmm. could potentially make me a fool by saying that the team's going to regress. Yeah. If he get if he's t- team MVP, this defense should be better. Yeah. Right. If he's getting after it, he's being disruptive. If he's if he's at that caliber of player again, I just think that if he's team MVP and not somebody on the offensive side of right. the ball, we're still in trouble. Oh yeah. If anybody's a team MVP that's not named Sam Howell, the team's in trouble <laughs> because it's always going to be the quarterback if you have a good season. So if it's not the quarterback that's your MVP, I mean, wasn't Tressway literally the MVP of the team one year? About four or five years ago, wasn't he like the MVP? That's bad. The question so, was, who's team MVP? Not right, right. the reason or the yeah, outcome. You're right. Of you're that right. MVP. No, that's fair. That's, that's fair. I, I really thought you were going to go Sam Howell here. Jonathan Allen is a popular answer in there. Jahan Dotson. Um, sure. I think Jahan Dotson is going to be the breakout player. We're going to get to that here in a moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, that would be, that'd be crazy. Gus bus here. If chase young is this year's team MVP and we make the playoffs, does young get a bigger contract than Nick Bosa just got? No, no, I he might get a big contract, but he's not going to, not, 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 not Bosa. No, Bosa reset the market, obviously. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he chase is not going to do that. Cause he hasn't proven it for, for as long as Bosa has, you know, proven it. So, all right, I am gonna go with the the QB as my my team MVP. Okay. I think that even if statistically he is, let's say, twenty four touchdowns, twelve interceptions, maybe an additional four on the ground type deal. Yeah, that would be enough for I think most people to rally around and for this team to be in contention mm-hmm. right and then the benefactors of that being terry mclaurin Jahan dotson this defense being able to you know pin their ears back if they actually have a lead to protect and stuff <laughs> right so well that that is that us that's why i'm going there typically mvps do end up with the qb let's go breakout player i mentioned Jahan dotson mm. as uh probably this year's breakout player a lot yeah. of people have him pegged as having you know, as a player who is going to blossom, he's he looked good last year. Missed five games, still led the the rookies in uh, touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Trev, do you got a different uh, different one, or are you going to go with Jahan as well? I'm going Curtis Samuel. Ooh, I nice think one. Curtis Samuel is going to have a role in the offense where he's going to finally be utilized, like he was in Carolina. The reason mm. why we brought him to Washington after he dogged us that game. Yeah, and they were like, okay, we need you on our side. Yeah. Um, he just hasn't been able to, for one, stay healthy. And two, he hasn't been able to find a, a, a necessary role or fit role. in this offense. I think with EB coming along, you've heard Curtis say he loves the way EB coaches and the style and the, and the and the plays and everything, the scheme and the playbook. So I think he's kind of the receiver that is being slept on this season. So I think this is all another reason. I'm not saying Jahan Dotson's not going to have one. I'm, I'm, not, sure. I'm not saying Curtis Sam's going to lead the team in receiving or anything, but – He's going to definitely have a bigger role, and we're going to hear his name called a lot more often than we have been since he joined. Kind of us. have a, a year that he had in Carolina before signing with us, right? Sure. Even yes. that would just Got be that money. Yeah, yes. that'd be pretty special to have. How about you, yeah. Stoner? Breakout player? Yeah, you know I'm going to use my old tactic, which is it's not going to be. I'm not picking Sam Howell, which is an obvious one as a sure. breakout player, right? Cole Turner. Cole Turner is going to be my breakout mm-hmm. player. He's 
He's looked like incredible it. for two preseasons. I mean, he's looked like tight end one for two consecutive preseasons. He's done nothing during the regular season, <laughs> which is fine. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, my guy Cole Turner. I, I think, think that's all a, the potential in the world. That that's a solid pick. I was surprised to see him third on the depth chart, the unofficial week one depth chart there. Uh even TJ's Bates is uh is over that because TJ's gonna go with Bates as a breakout player. Um Doug saying they have been hiding Samuel yeah, in preseason, maybe. He <laughs> has been super quiet in the preseason. I mean, just even like in practices when when they're showing. Uh, when beat reporters are talking about certain players and showing highlights, nothing has been on Curtis Samuel. So I hope it's because they're hiding him and not because he's not a similar to Terry's rookie season where they didn't see a show a lot of Terry in preseason because they knew they had somebody EP asking a question here. What will it take for Brissett Jacoby Brissett to play over how Trev for the audio listeners. Trev is, (laughs) is incredulous right now. He's just like, how, how is this? Even a question. Um, it'd be injury. That's it. That's the only oh. thing I'd see playing uh, Jacoby. I word. Yeah. The, How about yeah. anybody got a different answer than injury? Um. Jeez. I mean, the, what is there's only one other option there, which is poor play. Mm-hmm. And that I think I think that's a, a realistic possibility. Um, I mean, we're all on the. We're all on the Howell bandwagon. I've even jumped onto the Howell bandwagon, but let's not get crazy here. This is, he's never done anything in the NFL regular season to prove that he can be a quarterback day in and day out, week in and week out. So, and neither has Jacoby Brissett, if we're being completely honest. Uh, that's so. fair. That's fair. <laughs> You're right. But not going on wood here it, for Doug. I'm just saying. Yeah, I I don't think the bad play. <laughs> it would have. It wouldn't be just bad play, Stoner. Mm. It would have to be bad play. In addition to the team being competitive, mm. which we've seen him, we we've seen Ron Rivera make the switch at QB before, yeah. when they've had mm. bad QB play, but they were still in the running for a playoff spot. So he's pulled the plug. To yeah. try something different, right? We've seen that bad QB play coupled with a losing record that's nowhere near. That's when you know that's you're you're just not going to see a switch there. You're just going to see them sh- go through Sam Howell and continue to struggle because, as an organization, it is probably better that you don't win very many games if you're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, but. Uh, I just don't see Coach Rivera making that kind of a decision. Coach Rivera might not be here if there's bad QB play. True. Let's be honest with that's, that. That's, that's very true. true as well. Let's, uh, yeah, absolutely. EP telling you hit that like button if you're watching here on YouTube. Make sure you're doing that. What is going to be the biggest surprise? We talked about the the breakout season, but but who is going to be the biggest surprise or what is going to be the biggest surprise coming out of Washington this season? Start with you, Stoner. Oh, you're going to start with me. The biggest surprise, the biggest surprise that, all right, here you go. You ready? This is the big surprise that by about a quarter of the way through the year. So at about game five, Antonio Gibson takes over the number one running back role for because of an ineffective 
uh, Brian what are Robinson. We doing? That would be the biggest surprise. <laughs> would that not be a surprise? Let me ask you. Is it? Would that not be a surprise, Trev? That will be if, a huge surprise. Yeah. No, I think I think uh, seriously though. The- I'm, I'm, I think I gotta hit the, the trombone on that one. I think the biggest surprise actually would be a fast start to the season mm. because Ron, I'm, I don't remember who put it out there. Maybe it was Standing. Maybe it was Forty. I forget. But they're three seasons under Rivera, two and seven, two and six, one and four. That's been his starts in the three seasons he's been here. So. Because of the tough schedule, their first four games, Arizona's not tough. But then you got Denver at Denver, never easy. Then you got the Bills, and then you got the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So that four games, it would be a surprise if they started three and one. It just would be a surprise. So a fast start would be surprising for me. All right, Trev, how about you? What's the biggest surprise? Oh, man, it's tough. I, I might go with. When's our bye week? Not till like, like 14. 14. It's back-to-back yeah, yeah, back yeah, back yeah, years yeah. with the 14 bye week. It's like in All December. Right, so I won't say bye week, but I'll say by week eight, we're going to be leading the league in turnover differentials. We're going to mm. lead the league in turnovers. We're going to have the most turnovers by a defense by week eight. Most takeaways? Yeah, most takeaways. Yeah. Um, I just feel like – with drafting Quan Martin and Emmanuel Forbes and having a healthy Chase Young and Montez Sweat, mm. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, I think we can really, in a whole different mindset with the new ownership, um, the new additions at training camp, uh, EB coming in, I think we have all the fuel in the world to give these guys a chip on the shoulder that you know they can be one of the best defenses in the league, not just on paper, but like yeah. actually for real. So, and I mean, I just think that Forbes brings that dog mentality that our secondary has been lacking. Yeah, Kendall mm-hmm. Fuller is a captain, but he's not a dog. You know what I mean? He's not that yeah, ball hawk. I agree he's with not that. that. So, I just think him and Quan, Forbes and Quan, bring that dog mentality, that savage mentality that our defense has been lacking in the back end because we have it up front. So, yeah, we're going to lead the league in, in turnovers, takeaways by week eight. Biggest surprise. Nice. I like to hear it. I love the enthusiasm. I'm going to keep the good times <laughs> rolling. Not be a Debbie Downer or a stoner. Hey, here. wait, I, I reversed it. Yeah. I yeah. came back and okay. Right. How, how about this? Biggest surprise Washington wins the NFC East. Mm. Oh, that's huge. Ignore my crazy. win prediction just about 20 minutes ago, but <laughs> Washington wins the NFC East. I think that would be the biggest surprise going from last to first here in the division, a tough division. Uh, yeah. with opponents who really got improved as well. But who knows? There might be some difference makers out there. Maybe one just got signed to the practice squad. That's uh, Jameson Crowder oh coming gosh. back. Hmm. We're going to be talking about him. I saw people chatting about it in the uh, the comment section there. We'll be talking Jameson Crowder, giving all your injuries and updates here and an Arizona preview coming up here on the game. Stick with us. <laughs> 